All right, uh, let's kick on uh, into the Bible. Let's open up uh, the Word of God. Book of Galatians will be camped out in two uh, uh, verses today. What's up, bro? All right, a quick, quick, quick change of plans. Apparently, we're changing the Bible passage. Um, what was it, Peter? <laughs> why, why don't I read it for us today? Oh, my bad. I, I was meant to change it on the run sheet, but I forgot to change it. Sorry, he's, on, he's been on break for about two weeks, so he's a little bit frosty. So, yeah. All right, well, thank you, Daniel. All right, can we give Daniel hands? All right. Yeah, my bad. I, yeah. Galatians is part of it. Um, I just thought we'd start with Psalms because this one is a little bit more relevant. So, I'm sorry, Daniel. Um, but um, yes, let's all turn to Psalm together. It's actually a passage that Daniel preached off as well. I didn't know, um, but um, we're doing the same passage. So Psalm 145, um, I'm sorry to the media team as well. Psalm 145, verse 8 to 9. It's very short. Psalm Uh, if you've got it, um, please follow along. Uh, it's very short, so I'll read it for us. Let's really think about the words as we uh, read this together. Psalm 145, verse 8 to 9. reads, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. Amen. All right. Uh, I'd like to hear your voices before you hear mine for a little bit. So can I just get you guys to turn to person next to you and say, hello, good to see you. How are you? Yeah? It's a little greeting together. Long time no see. All right. Yes. So yeah, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, It is good to see you all. Uh, It's raining a lot and the flu is going around and I think COVID's kind of back on the rise again. So um, I hope everyone's staying safe warm and healthy. Um, And for anyone who could not join us because they're at home sick, um, we pray for a speedy recovery, and we hope to see you guys with us very soon. Uh, We are at the tail end of uh, a a topical sermon series uh, looking at the different characteristics of God. Let's see if we get the slide up here. We're at the tail end of a sermon series called Image Bearers, um, looking at I guess, the characteristics of God, to try and learn about who God is so that we might be able to go out and reflect these characteristics uh, in, you know, in our lives as well. And today's topic is um, God most patient, or God is patient. We're going to look at the patience of God together today. Uh, why don't I pray for us, and then we'll jump into this topic together. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you reveal yourself to us through your word. We pray that you would blow us away by your spirit as we are reminded how patient you have been and are to us. And I pray that you would in turn, by your spirit, cause us to be more patient people for the good of our church and for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jen Wilkin, in her book, uh, In His Image, uh, writes about a study conducted by uh, the Boston Globe, and the study examined how long internet users were willing to wait before they wanted to quit or leave a page. So how long they were willing to wait for a page to load before they quit. And the results were quite interesting. Uh, The survey showed that after two seconds, 
people started to drop out. And after five seconds, a quarter of people had left. And then at the 10 second mark, 50% of people had quit the page. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I couldn't understand this until later that night, I was trying to watch a YouTube video and then the five second ad popped up and I felt myself like frustrated waiting for this ad to finish. So I can press the you know, skip ad uh, button. My friends, that's the, that's the world we live in today. You may know already. That is our condition. Uh, we are an impatient people. Our patience is low, and uh, therefore our attention is short, and so our discipline is weak. We live in a world that not only dislikes and avoids waiting with our one-day express deliveries and our lightning-fast internet speeds, but we actually live in a world, Jan Wilkins writes in her book, that is increasingly bad at sitting and waiting. And therefore, we are becoming a more and more impatient people. We are more and more impatient people. Now, whilst losing your patience uh, in the middle of a long sermon or in the middle of a long line is fairly harmless, you just get bored or tired, it is when we start to lose patience with other people or we start to lose patience within our circumstances before God that we start to see some ugly fruits in our hearts, on our lips, and in our minds. Think about the last time you really lost your patience. You might not have to think that far back. Maybe it was this morning. The last time you really lost your patience towards your kids, towards someone on the road, towards your spouse, towards your workmates, towards your leaders, towards um, maybe even God in the midst of painful circumstances. What were the fruits of your heart then? Was it rage, bitterness, slander, malice, disappointment, etc., etc.? If it was, and it probably was, then our impatience or our lack of ability to be patient with those around us and to be patient within the circumstances we find ourselves in has led us, as the Bible says, to sin. James chapter 1, verse 19 talks about this. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The Bible does talk about patience specifically, but the word more often used to describe godly patience is, is this one, slow to anger. Because godly patience is not just about sitting and waiting. It's the ability to wait and not hate. To hold myself from my anger and not grumble. To love, to be kind, to show mercy despite what is placed in front of me. Despite who is placed in front of me, despite what circumstances is placed in front of me. That is patience, godly patience. But they did this. They said this. They didn't do this or they are this. We love justifying our impatience uh, with these kind of excuses, but there are no excuses. The Bible doesn't say, if the other person is good enough, then you can be slow to speak, slow to anger. No, this is James chapter 1. This is talking about the testing of your faith. When your faith is tested, whether by a traffic light, whether by a child, whether by your circumstances, what is the fruit of your heart, the fruit of your life? And here is how it should look like. And this is what Daniel was going to read for us. So my bad, Daniel. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things, there is no law. Brothers and sisters, does your heart, does your life look like this? Are you loving? Are you filled with kindness? Are you patient? Are we a patient people? And the reality is we all struggle with this. And so to help us, we're going to look to our God who is most patient today. Looking to God's patience. In Psalm chapter 145, verse 8 to 9, I'll read it again. It says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. This, brothers and sisters, is a description of our God. And we know this is true because even before the psalmist wrote it, uh, God Himself describes Himself in this way. In Exodus 34, verse 6, The Lord passed before Him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And beyond this, and I think this is what Daniel talked about a few weeks ago, multiple times in the Bible, God is described kind of with this package of descriptions. A God who is gracious, who is merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Kingsway, this is our God. In case you forgot, this is our God. He is a God of grace. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of steadfast, agape love. And He is a patient God. Now, that alone is absolutely amazing. But it is when we see these characteristics shine through the different failures, shortcomings, sins of humanity seen throughout the Bible that we are more blown away by this character of God. Just to give you a few examples. This passage in chapter Exodus 34, it actually comes right after God has, through many miracles, brought Israel out of slavery from Egypt. You probably know that story. And then in a time of impatience, while Moses is hanging out with God, the Israelites proceeded to create golden calves and worship idols in their impatience. And this, led, this leads God to be filled with wrath. Exodus 32, verse 9 to 10, God says, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. Now, to that you may think, well, that's not very patient. But what we have to understand is that to be patient is not to be without anger. It is to be slow to anger. There is room for righteous anger. God shows it multiple times. Jesus shows it on multiple occasions. However, The anger that is kindled quickly and instantly for reasons that are not honoring to God, for example, getting angry on the road or getting angry in the middle of a basketball game today, I think there's basketball on, that is not righteous anger. There's nothing righteous about that. But what we see here is God angry in a righteous manner. He has righteous anger and wrath. We see this, the point of this verse is to see how offended God is by the idolatry, sinfulness, and straight-up disrespect of the people that he just saved. And yet, rather than to play out that wrath in destruction, God says in chapter 34, the Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And then if you keep reading on in this chapter, rather than to destroy them, God actually, in his mercy and grace and patience, he actually renews his covenant with them. Who does that? God. Our patient God does. 
Well, let's take another example, a story of Jonah. In a nutshell, there are God's people, and then there are the enemies of God's people, the Ninevites. They were known as the terrorists of those times. They killed and oppressed God's people. They slandered and mocked God. They lived sinful, godless, evil lives. And to them, at the beginning of Jonah, God says, go and preach the good news that they may be saved. What? Why? Because that is who God is. And after a long ordeal in Jonah, he goes, he preaches, and the people repent. And what does God do? Indeed, he forgives and redeems them. And it's funny because when that happens, Jonah gets angry for God almost. Chapter, chapter 4, verse 2. This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. This is Jonah speaking. For I knew you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, relenting from disaster. God, how could you? That's what he's saying. How could you? I, I knew you would do this. They killed your people. They are evil. They're messed up. They don't deserve your patience, your grace, your forgiveness. I knew it. I knew you wanted to forgive them because that's who you are. So Jonah's saying. And Kingsway, if you look through the Bible, particularly in the stories of the Old Testament, it's just a repetition of this. An unfaithful people, an unfaithful bride, walking away, forgetting, living against God's ways, violating God's laws, and then God being slow to anger and patient with them. This is our God. He sends king after king when the people ask for it. He sends prophet after prophet when the people needed it. He sends messages. He saves them from slavery. He disciplines them, but never destroys them. Always patiently loving them. That is our God. It's almost frustrating when you read the Old Testament how patient God is with, with people. We, all, we can almost find ourselves like Jonah, you know, being angry and annoyed for God, forgetting that we are like Ninevites as well. And this patient God in an act of ultimate grace, mercy, and patience, for the sake of this unfaithful bride, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for them that they may be saved. John chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. If God had sent his son to condemn the world, it would have made sense. In light of the sins of the world, it would have been fair for God to condemn. God had every reason, every right to pour out his wrath and he actually did pour out his wrath because he's a God of justice, just not on us. He poured it out on our sinless Savior, Jesus Christ. Even in his act of justice, we see God shows his patience towards us by having Jesus take our place and pay the price for our sins. And friends, the incredible thing, the crazy thing is this, is that that patient God, not only was that patience directed towards the Israelites, the Ninevites, 
the people of God throughout the Bible, it has been and is being poured out to you and I today. Psalm 145, verse 8 to 9, I'll read this again and again. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. If you are a Christian here today, I hope you are reminded that in Christ, God has shown the ultimate act of patience for our sins by sending Jesus. And because of Jesus, he continues to show us patience and grace today. And so no matter what your past week has looked like, no matter how many times you feel like you've sinned recently, how little you've read the Bible, how many times you've failed, or how far you feel like you've fallen, maybe this is the first time in a long time you've come to church, I love that I can say this to you, Christians. God is not angry with you today. So stop feeling guilty. Just respond in in praise and thanksgiving for, for that is what Christ has done for us. That's what God sent Jesus to do in his patience. And if you're sitting here not a believer, wondering, well, does that apply to me? Again, I love that I can say this to you. God is patiently waiting for you today to, to come on in, to join the family, to receive salvation. All you need to do is receive Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. The Bible promises that you will be saved. For the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not condemn you, but he will receive you because he is patient. He's patient like that. And I do pray that you would run to him today. I don't know. I hope that kind of stirs something in your hearts. Maybe you walked in here feeling a little bit heavy, a little bit guilty, a little bit like you don't belong at church anymore. I don't know. Maybe you really haven't engaged with God properly in a long time, wondering, does God even want anything to do with me anymore? Yes, he does. He's not like us. He's not like me. He's not like our parents. (laughs) He's patient. He's kind. And I hope you do run to him, Christian or non-Christian today. It's kind of confusing, right? Because God's mercy, God's grace, God's patience, they all kind of sound similar, right? They all kind of like, like merge into one big sermon. We're talking about this last night in the pastor's thread. But I think it's because they are kind of, you know, the same. God is patient because he is gracious. And he is gracious because he is merciful. And he's merciful because he loves us. They're all intertwined in who God is and and what God is about. So rather than sitting there thinking, well, I've heard that before, I hope you are amazed at the depth of God's love for us. To see how the different characters work together to to love you and to save me. I hope particularly today that we would see God's patience again and, and see our salvation there today and be filled with wonder, awe, and gratitude. Because it is in that place of being, you know, in awe, wonder, and gratitude that we can then start to reflect this godly patience in our own lives towards those around us as well. So let's talk about that for a little bit before we finish, asking for God's patience. As I said earlier, the Bible calls us as God's people to also be a patient people, to be a people of patience. Um, We are not just to receive this patience. uh, We are then to go and reflect this patience. 
patience to those around us as well. And it honestly couldn't be more straightforward. Galatians chapter 5, we see that the fruit of the Spirit actually includes patience, right? To be a Christian, to have God's Spirit in me means I will be a more patient person. We also hear in the famous uh, passage of love, 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient. It's like, I kind of didn't know, but it's the first thing. Love is patient. Maybe God knew that's how much we need it. First, love is patient. Love is kind. And so if we are called to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves, well, what that means is we are to be patient with one another. There are multiple proverbs that talk about being slow to anger. Or patience, which is the path of wisdom and faithfulness. The the call is clear. The call is clear. So then let me ask you, how patient are you? It's funny because we actually do kind of think of patience as an important thing. Why? Because we teach our kids, wait, be patient. But we ourselves aren't very patient when it comes to our lives, when it comes to those around us, when it comes to our kids. How patient are you? How patient have you been this past week to those around you? How Are you slow to anger? Would you describe yourself as slow to anger? Or, or do you have rather a short trigger? And whether you think you're quite good or, or you really do need more patience, it, it is something that we should all be thinking about and asking God for more of, I think. Because there are so many reasons and opportunities to be impatient in this impatient world that we live in, in this broken world that we live in. So I want to turn your attention to a very well-known passage in Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse 21 to 22. Then Peter came up to him, Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? How many times? Seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. This is Peter asking, Jesus, how long is long enough? How long is long enough? When can I or uh, when should I stop being patient with those around me? How many times can they annoy me, disappoint me, sin against me before I don't have to forgive them anymore? Or when is it okay for me to lose my patience? Seven times? And then to that, Jesus responds, no, 77. Now, that doesn't mean we're sitting there counting 77 times. Oh, that's it. You're done. They can start raging at each other. Numbers are quite symbolic in the Bible. And and seven usually is used to symbolize perfection or completion. And so what Jesus is really saying here is, you can't stop being patient with your brother. You must be perfectly patient with them. Why? Well, Jesus explains with a parable the next few verses, and I'll just paraphrase the story. Jesus tells a story about a man who owes a king a lot of money. So much so that his family and his possessions are to be sold, and this man is to be banished. But the king shows grace. He is gracious, and he decides to let the man off the hook from his debt, and he releases him from his debt. Amazing. The man then celebrates, runs outside, goes home, only to approach a servant in his home that owes him a small fraction of what he owed the king and was just forgiven for. And the passage talks about how the man throws this servant in prison, shows no grace, no mercy. You owed this, you know, ages ago. No more patience for you. Throws him in prison and condemns him 
even though he himself was forgiven of so much. And the idea that Jesus is teaching here is that you have been forgiven of so much. This is why we looked to God's patience before we asked for his patience. Because you have been forgiven of so much. God has been patient with so much. He continues to be patient with you in spite of your sins, in spite of your mistakes, your brokenness, your evil, your idolatry, your adultery, your deceit, your selfishness, your crimes. That it is never okay for you to measure the mistakes of those around you and feel self-righteous enough to judge and to hate, to condemn and lose your patience. How dare you? What an ugly condition for our hearts to be in. To walk away from being forgiven of so much, only to turn and lose your patience and hate those around you. And yet we do this all the time. It's so outrageous that in 1 John 4.20, it says, if you say you love God, but you hate your brother, you're a liar. Why? Because you can't love God and be loved by God and then have the audacity to go hate those around you, judge those around you, lose your patience to those around you. It doesn't make sense. But we do it all the time, don't we? We do it all the time. We come to church and we praise the Lord for our salvation, for His grace, for the mercy that I received in Him. Leave the church, get into our car, lose our patience in our homes, with our families, within the church at work, on the road, or even towards strangers. We are so quick to anger, so quick to judge, so quick to hate. And it is ugly. It's ugly. Friends, we are called to be a people who love, who are slow to anger, who are patient with one another, 77 times and more. Uh, but before we're called to this, and I love that God always does this, before we are called to this, we were first shown this incredible kind of patience from God first. And we are being shown His patience even today, even right now, every single day in Christ. That's why we celebrate. And the crazy thing is this, is this, God is an omniscient God, meaning He knows all things. He knows our thoughts. He knows our sins. He knows our hate. He knows all the dirty laundry. He sees it all. We can hide it from one another here, but God sees it all. And yet he still continues to be patient and gracious with us. That should blow us away. And so looking to this patient God, the patience that I've received from God, it should humble us, I think to be more patient with those around us. So friends, I encourage you and I urge you today and every day to practice looking to the patience of God that we have received in Christ, that we are continuously receiving. And then ask the Lord in prayer for this patience in your life today as well. So that when opportunities arise, and, and opportunities will arise, literally as you walk out the door, maybe, maybe even in this room, opportunities may arise to be patient. I, I watched um, a random clip of Evan Almighty, the movie, and Morgan Freeman comes in. I don't know if you've seen this clip. He's talking to this woman in the bar, and she's like frustrated with her husband. 
And he, like Morgan Freeman in his mad voice, he's like, well, if you pray for patience, God's not going to zap you with patience. He will give you opportunities to be patient. I was like, whoa, that's deep, right? It's true. Opportunities will arise now, today, in your coming week. Look to God. Look to the patience that you've received first and ask him for the strength to be patient uh, to those around you as well for his glory and for the good of those, for the good of our community. But we will fail and that's okay because God is still patient with us. And I love that full circle. So don't come back here feeling guilty or shameful when you fail. Just go back to God and receive his patience again. And I really hope and pray that we might fight and work to be a more patient community a more beautiful community, a more God-glorifying community together. Amen? I mean, why don't we uh, spend some time praying together? We're going to sing about the gospel, but before we do that, why don't we spend uh, just a few minutes praying. First of all, why don't we spend some time praying a prayer of repentance. If you have lost your patience recently and you know you hurt somebody, you know, you dishonored God with your words, with your heart. You actively chose certain words because you know that would, you know, hurt a bit more because you lost your patience. Why don't we come before God and repent for, for our sinfulness? And let's then pray for a greater understanding and appreciation of God's patience towards me. Because again, he doesn't sit here condemning you. He says, come back. I got you. You you can't break my patience. Lord, show me what that means, that you're patient with me. And blow me away, God, today. The knowledge of your grace. And then let's pray. Teach me. Cause me to be a more patient person. I need your help. Maybe there's a specific area you know you need more patience in. Pray for that area. Help me to be more patient with my kids. Help me to be more patient on the road. Help me to be more patient at the workplace. Help me to be more patient with my parents. I'm not sure. You know, I don't. Let's pray those three things. A prayer of repentance. A prayer that he would reveal his grace to us again. His patience to us again. And a prayer for the strength to go and be a more godly, patient people as we go out into our weeks. Can we do that together? Let's pray.